took Melvin out. <laughs> you must be smoking <laughs> reaper. Hey, I was over. I was done. I ain't have to see no more movie. If you wear pants, you're probably smoking that reaper. <laughs> I have seen a lot of people wearing pants, man. There's a lot of women out there wearing pants. <laughs> I'm Dr. Sharon Dukes. And I'm Melvin Dukes. We're HBC graduates. Proud educators. And most importantly, husband, husband and wife. wife. And you're listening to After, After School, School Talk, Talk Podcast. Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk. Where I am your host, Mr. Dukes, and you are Dr. Dukes. I'm about to say, you kind of slow today. You cutting up. <laughs> You need to get it together. Oh, so I didn't know what's going this, on. This ain't working at all uh, today during this quarantine. Hey, get yourself together. Uh, Doc Deuce, how anyway, you doing? I'm good. On day that's 230 good, that's good. Um, quarantine. Yeah, it's been going for a long time, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm over it, man. I'm over it. I almost just say, hey, forget this. Let's just go on out there into the world and just, just see what happens. But I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. We stayed in the house. Right. I know that's right. I'm locked out for good. I can stay in here all day. But anyway, we got to get into it. We got to talk about because we got a lot to cover. Um, so today we Absolutely. have a guest on our podcast. We have uh, Janiqua Palmer, who is a native of North Carolina. Hey. Everything there is to know about the church. <laughs> And we had to call hey, Janique. Hey. Look, we just watched this Clark Sisters movie and we got questions and we knew Janique would be able to yes. answer the questions. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, uh, uh, Janique, I mean, if you I... could... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Can you give us um, some background on your experience in the church? Um also, tell the audience about uh, your degrees, because you have a divinity degree, so how that tied into your church experience, and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Dukes and Mr. Dukes, for having me. Um, if I don't know anything else, I know the church. Um, I was a church baby, uh, grew up in the church, grew up in several different kinds of church, held positions in the church um, when I was really young, before I even, you know, probably was even supposed to be doing some of the stuff that I did. Um, I was baptized at like five, um, really serious about my walk in the church. And I mean, I led choirs, which is why I love the Clark sisters, because a lot of my understanding, relationship, understanding of worship was through choir and choral music. So you could not be in the church and not know the Clark sisters. You couldn't be in the church and not have heard of Dr. Maddie Moss Clark, whether what it doesn't matter the denomination you were in. Okay. Um, got my undergrad degree at Bennett College for Women um, in counseling yes, and religion. And then with Okay, you five dollars. And I mean, while I was there, I was the I, I think I was only like the second appointed 
chaplain for the Student Government Association. So um, being a part of the Christian faith, being in leadership in, Christ, in the Christian faith has always kind of followed me. Uh, got my master's at Duke University. Shout out Blue Devils. Whoop, whoop. In uh, <laughs> uh, Divinity, um, took lots of courses and classwork in Christian education. So served as a pastor in um, a couple of different churches, served in youth ministries. Uh, my grandfather was an elder. Um, I mean, like, I mean, my whole family sings. We are, I mean, I'm in the church, y'all. You cannot right. be in North Carolina growing up in the South and not have had those frilly uh, socks on with a <laughs> Now, with the Clark sisters, this is crazy. So, uh, I grew up in the church, and I, but I did not know about the Clark sisters until I met your husband. So, what? Yes, I. We were going to um, the national. Oh, not the national. The Kings and Queens Connection, a conference for the Royal Court for historically black colleges, and he played. Uh, I think the song where the, where I think Karen Shear remixed uh Jill Scott, he loves me. Oh yeah. yeah, and that that and I was like, who is that? He was like, yeah. you know, that's Kara Clark and her mom Karen. I'm like, who? <laughs> but then after hearing the rest of oh like, my different, gosh, Sharon, you were deprived. I know, know that's right. Them. Even I know who who they are. <laughs> you were deprived, church kid. That means you never had a shoe thrown at you during choir rehearsal. She a, she, a, she a fake church kid. That's what that is. She a fake church kid. No, I am. She ain't, she ain't real. No, I was I was on that Kurt Franklin. Oh, you was defiant. Hip hop didn't come to the church for. She was defiant. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, she was defiant. Okay. That going against all, I mean, going against all the rules. Yeah. You a PK yeah. Sharon, so it's expected. That's true. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and even talking about that, so we said, um, even letting the audience know a little bit about our backgrounds, Melvin and I both, I know for me, both of us, it was, you go to church every, definitely every Wednesday and Sunday. And as we got really heavy Saturdays up there with choir practice and volunteering, and then you may pop up on Tuesday because your mama got deaconess meeting. And it, it was just, we heavy in the church. And then my father was uh, a pastor. So, well, a, uh, a reverend. So constantly, constantly, constantly in the church. But my reference with music was always Kirk Franklin. And like you said, now when he was Melodies from Heaven, uh, it was, okay. he got the stone. Mm -mm, you had the secret list from Kirk Franklin at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny enough, Sharon, at my house, if you did not go to church on Sunday, there were consequences throughout the week. Like, you couldn't watch TV. I couldn't hang out with my friends. Um, You know, my mom didn't play that. So if you chose not to go to church, there, there was going to be a ripple effect for what, what your week was going to look like. Uh, So needless to say, what? we were always in church. <laughs> it wasn't even, it so wasn't even a choice for me, though. Like, it was, okay, you oh, you are Sunday. absolutely going. Yeah, like, Oh, you're not going to church on Sunday? Okay. Don't ask to hang out with your friends. You're not getting no McDonald's. Um, <laughs> you may can watch TV. Not you may not watch TV. Like, it was like punishment. 
My mama ain't play. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I tried to pull that one time on Shine. <laughs> I said, oh, you can stay out and play and hang out all night. And you not going to go to church on Sunday? <laughs> she was like, uh, I ain't your mama. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I mean, that's just kind of how we grew up, you know. We ain't doing that. See, my mama oh my may God. be a derivative of Dr. Maddie Mars Clark, okay? <laughs> Dr. Maddie Mars Clark. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, you, are you ready? Okay. Are you prepared to give like a little background on the movie? Who me? Not because you just saw this, didn't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I just saw. I, I wasn't up with everybody else watching. I had to catch the 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 second uh the what was the second viewing of it, and then even with that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give a, a background on the movie because I know I'm gonna miss a, a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, so and the I'm stuff I'm going like to say is going to be out of order. Right, 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 right. I'm going to give like a quick snippet, and then we're going to go into asking Janika a couple questions um, since she has a thorough knowledge <laughs> of the Clark sisters. So one thing that everybody has been talking <laughs> about, this movie aired on Lifetime um, this past week, and it was executive produced by Queen Latifah, Mary J. Blige, and Missy Elliott. So that's important. Well, we have uh-huh. three yeah. black from hip hop and R and B, uh, Mary J. Blige being the queen of hip hop soul, that they uh, took the initiative and put their money together to um, produce this film. Because being an executive producer means you put your money towards. That's very important. So yep. this movie goes yeah. and um, looks at the gospel singing group, the Clark Sisters. It recounts the story of the highest selling female gospel group in history and their trailblazing mother, Maddie Moss Clark. Um, the actress that played, we had two actresses actually in the movie. I think her name, how you say it is, Anjanu Ellis, who played the role of Maddie Moss. She went to mm-hmm. Talladega or Tougaloo College, HBCU. And then um, the uh-huh. one, what's the name of the one who was the nurse? Not uh, Jackie. Jackie. Jackie, Jackie. Um, the character who played Jackie, mm-hmm. she uh, went to Kentucky State University, and she was a Miss Kentucky State. So two HBCU women in the oh, film. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, and that the one, uh, Anjani Ellis is also a member of Del Sigma Theta Sorority. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Um, I was about to say, she is your soror. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, the movie, <laughs> pretty much, um, what I realized in just watching due to quarantine we're all watching this at the same time and so everybody's making facebook status uh <laughs> status as they go along and watch it and that several people who are heavy in the church were were well aware of this family and their dynamics but even some of the stuff in the movie that came out they didn't even know about they were in shock um kev on stage who is you know youtube personality that's started off doing uh church videos was saying he knew everything about the clark sisters but never heard of denise so it was just a lot of things that was coming out. And that's why I was like, I got questions. And especially being a church kid, I have questions about yeah. stuff. So like the first part of this, um, that kind of made me go, okay, what, 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 what's going on is the introduction of Maddie Moss. So like I said, I'm, I'm late to the scene as far as knowing who the Clark sisters are. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand their 
impact until college that I then was like, oh, so all these different songs I've heard singing to church, I didn't know that was them. But then as soon as my mom saw the movie, it was like, oh yeah, Maddie Moss. Everybody knew about Maddie Moss. So Janiqua, if you could give us some background on Maddie Moss, who seemed to be the um, strong disciplinarian of the choir. <laughs> yes. Well, so before we start talking about Dr. Maddie Moss, I think we should back up. Her mother was also named Maddie, um, and she was actually a bishop in the Holiness Church. So mm. Dr. Dr. Maddie Moss Clark comes from a legacy of like women preachers, women in ministry, women in the church. And um she so she also attended Selma University. Um, her background, Dr. Uh, Maddie Moss Clark, her background is in classical and choral music. So she was also trained. Like she went to college um, and through her training with her mother, her mother actually started having her play for her choir at like 12. So like Dr. Maddie has been playing like literally the church musician since she's been like 12 years old. So what you saw in the movie was really her passing down the legacy with Twinkie because she trained Twinkie kind of to do the same thing. Um, So there's a lot of rich history and legacy from who she is, how she was actually raised. I really wish that the movie had went back a little further so we can understand how Dr. Clark came to be who she was. Um, she was, I, I have her seen Facebook statuses of saying like she was a womanist before one womanism existed. Um, she empowered her girls to go above and beyond, even though she pushed them, like she pushed them to the, to the extreme that she pushed some of them away, but she always pushed them out of a place of wanting them to be great. Um, for right. wanting them to, of course, live for God, for wanting them to really, um, hone in and refine their gifts and talents because I think she knew when she saw them at a young age that they would be who they are today but like that comes that that takes the shoe getting thrown upside your head when you miss that note because you ain't gonna miss that note again right, right, right. <laughs> absolutely <clears throat> um and do you so think her, like, I mean I think in her classical I know it's like ahead, a delay yeah, I'm about to say, I know it's a delay when my and when my mic come in, but do you think um Brian Murray wrote a blog post about how we can kind of um uh, I guess in this generation look at family members that push you as toxic and and that's it, but don't recognize the fact that mm-hmm. um that push can be coming from a place of I want you to be successful. Like you said, I see this in my daughter, so I want to push them. Because at one point in the movie, she says, like, I didn't know any other way. I didn't know any other way to to portray that I want you to be successful and what it's going to take as a woman in, in your position, or and a black woman in your position to be successful. Yeah. I mean, I think, and you got to also remember, like, uh, back here when, like, literally as she was growing up, like, when her mom established the church, it was in 1960. So they're growing up in the middle of civil rights movement 
we're what one generation um one generation removed from slavery right right, right, so like all of that culture and those practices are gonna be of influence to who the clark sisters were and who dr maddie moss clark was i i mean i think yes we can acknowledge that like some of these ways and some of these family members that push us are toxic but some of them really just see greatness and like there's a, re- I mean, the church teaches like that there's a refining process that happens. And during that process, it's not always comfortable. And I think right now, our generation, I mean, like even with my son, when he has little, uh, them little fallouts, I'm like, Zachary, let's talk. Explain to mommy what you're feeling. Like, you know, like when I was growing up, it was my mama carried a switch, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And she, shoot, she even carried a switch inside the church. Yeah, it's so, good. My mama did the same thing. What? <laughs> Your mama's so sweet, Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there was, I think there was a way that for parenting then, like, parents knew that if you had to stay in line because if you didn't, like, the alternative was death. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I mean, we have historical figures to look back at that. So, but when you put that in the church, in the context of like a holiness situation where women can't wear pants, women are supposed to be silent. I think that's where you get some of these cultural oppression phenomenons that we see happening in the church. And that seems to go along with the part where there were people who were really shocked that they showed the bishop, which were were the sister's dad, um, being violent with Maddie. Like that is such a thing where we don't we don't show or talk about that that happens. Marriage is sacred. Marriage is great. The woman is to be quiet. You should be thankful that he even married you. Just like he, you know, he literally was upset with her because she didn't go to the prayer break. So, but the idea was you. Yeah, but until you do. I, and and you know what, me and Sean was actually talking about this because I was like, I think you have to understand the context of Clark um, before just completely dismissing him. Like, I I mean, as I have studied, preaching and being a pastor was one of the first large roles or mass roles for black men, like right during slavery, after slavery. So like the church was central after we get... Um, you know, after black people, quote unquote, were were free. And so as a central figure, as a central leader in the community, like it was looked at, like you have, you even have the terms like first family, your first lady. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Clark embodying that notion, I mean, I think they did, he did what he was taught, which was if you don't obey, I hit you, Um, Mm. period. And he was not the only preacher. He wasn't the only pastor. I mean, I remember growing up in church, there was a lady who would come to church with her sunglasses on, and her husband was like a prominent deacon. And everybody knew he was beating her up. That is crazy. So that was like the common common thing to do. Like, that's, that's, that's how the men knew to do. That's all they knew. That was it. I think, I mean, domestic violence has always been prevalent, not just in the black community, but in all communities. Right. Um, I think oppression of women has, was also a very stronghold, but I wasn't surprised to see that he hit her. 
Um, I know that came as a shock because the Clark sisters are such, and it was like, this is Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. This woman travels the, you know, the U.S. teaching uh, choral music. She is up in front of, you know, hundreds of people. Like, she is so distinguished. Like, how could she be here? But for me, I'm like, well, I mean, men hit women all the time. Mm. I got, mm. you. I got you. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a part of a it's it's domestic violence. Yeah. Um, and I and I don't and, think you can take domestic violence out of the church. Right, right. It's like you, like domestic violence happens everywhere. Happen here, right, right, right. So it's like it does. Yeah. Happen. It's just that nobody is. It's like it's like we're not talking about it. Yeah, we don't talk about it now. My my parents never. You know, I never experienced that. I know my grandfather, like, never hit my grandmother. You know, I haven't personally experienced, like, the domestic violence in my home. But in my job, you know, working with my clients, I've I've seen it. Um, I think that we want to remove it from the church because we want to hold the church up on, like, a pedestal. Mm-hmm. But mm. the same people in your neighborhoods that you're giving services to are the same people that are coming to church on Sunday morning sitting in the pew. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yes, Oh, that's a whole. Ooh, that is for a whole nother episode. Where, <laughs> oh gosh, some I remember something happened probably last year on Facebook where people were talking about the church and marriage and relationships and how you know we just don't mm-hmm. dig in the negative side of it because it's like oh that doesn't happen here. If you if you're at church, everything is great, but it's like no, it's the same the same people who have to go see a social worker or a counselor. Or have to go yep. to a, a better mm-hmm. shelter could also be a church member. Yep. Oh. Yep. Now and okay, exactly. so that goes that that, yeah. that whole idea of the woman, and I'm gonna say this from a perspective of a growing up in a Baptist church, um, that we didn't we never had stipulations such as the pants, which by the way, that whole scene with the pants took Melvin out. <laughs> He was, you must be smoking reaper. <laughs> hey, I was over. I was done. I ain't have to see no more of the movie. If you wear pants, you're probably smoking that reaper. <laughs> I have seen a lot of people wearing pants, man. There's a lot of women out there wearing pants. What you trying to tell me about these people? <laughs> Listen, I think that needs to be a t-shirt. I got pants. I smoke reaper. <laughs> I got pants. I smoke Oh, man. Mm-mm. But it was like mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen that where you don't women don't wear pants like you're not allowed to wear pants. That's not and it goes back in, in my and this is what I felt looking from from over here and seeing the person I had a choice of like well I can't like what why why is it that extreme even though now now that I'm older I realize we had the same extremes. It was if you listen in the rap music if you are mm-hmm. the videos yep. if you got a tattoo like I remember getting a tattoo and it was like oh you going to hell you got a tattoo. Right. The one the one I remember growing up is the one I remember is when girls got like a second piercing. Like you know the girls get that first piercing. Oh. But after you get that first one and girls start getting like a second hole in the ear. Now I re- I remember you know people in church like oh you know she got that that second ear piercing. And it's like I'm looking like what okay, it's a second ear piercing. What's the big deal? But yeah, I, I remember that being a big like at our at uh we used to have the lock ins at church, and a girl came in with the second ear piercing. It was it was over with for that night. It was over with. 
Over with. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, whew, these stipulations sometimes that women have, like, I remember um, I had to be, like, 15, went to visit um, my family in New York. My cousin had choir rehearsal, and, y'all, it's New York. It is snow on the ground, okay? We can't enter into the sanctuary. So I'm following her like, where where are we going? She's like, oh, we got to go downstairs to the basement. Why are we going to the basement? We're down there. upstairs. We get down there, and she's like, oh, you got to change into this. Change into what? It's cold. Um, You got to put the skirt on. But why? You know, I was so curious. I'm like, uh, I don't understand. She's like, oh, you can't wear pants in, pants in the sanctuary. I was like, uh, okay, huh? She's like, yeah, women can't wear pants in the sanctuary. And I mean, in that moment, I just was so cold. Like, I just didn't understand. Wow. Like, because we, we didn't go to those kinds of churches. Um, and even still, even with the pants, like, some, um, some churches, like, women have to wear their heads covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I'm like, uh, what? What is going on with this? And they're like, oh, it's in scripture. I'm like, it's a lot of stuff in scripture. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we just picking and choosing which scriptures we're gonna follow. Right. I mean, I remember women who wore red lipstick to church. They were seen as Jezebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No red lipstick. You couldn't wear that little frouche frouche on your eyes, which that's what they called it. Maybe yeah. like makeup. Um, you could only wear ear bobs. You couldn't wear dangly earrings. Um, yes. It was seen as you was trying to be, you know, fast. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it. I mean, the church. Sometimes we do a disservice to ourselves because I was sitting back thinking, like, but why do we do all of this? Right. Because then why the other we, thing is, whether I wear pants or a skirt, I'm still gonna have some sex. Like that ain't yep. gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And if I wear if I wear a skirt, I'm still gonna smoke a little reefer. It's all like it, okay. it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, that is crazy. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. But um, you know, I, I think I I mean, I don't know. I really don't know why. Um I mean, I was in a church one time, and I think this kind of sometimes point points to how churches can become cultish a little bit. Okay. So like yeah. we had to do five AM prayer. Y'all, five a.m. Have you like, ever been to five like, a.m. prayer? I don't. I don't. No. Wake up too often at five a.m. anywhere. <laughs> Imagine having to go five a.m. prayer with a skirt on. Hey, this that is not of God. This is not. So you had to go to the church. Wait, was at 5 this something that you did at home, or you had to right? You had to go there, or what? <laughs> so we um, this was while I was in college. Ooh, I'm telling some telling some tea but we had to uh we had to we have 5 a.m prayer so if you were in any kind of leadership capacity you had to come to 5 a.m prayer now i might be skipping ahead a little bit but uh i will fall asleep sometimes to 5 a.m prayer and when we would come back together in the circle they would be like the person who is snoring louder than the music can you please be <laughs> And we just left church at eleven o'clock last night. So I mean, I don't know what you want from me. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! That's crazy. 
So If you joined a Greek letter organization, you were going into covenant with like Satan because you should only be devoted to God. So like, I mean, I I mean, now I'm, I'm Greek and I still love the Lord. So I don't know what they talk about. Right, right, right. Um, But you you know what? You see videos like that on Facebook now where, you know, people are denouncing their letters. And I remember your husband saying, um, what is the ceremony to denounce? I, I never participated <laughs> like how do you just denounce your life? <laughs> they would say because you know yes, you're devoted I don't either. To this other guy and I'm like but we literally have prayers and church service like it's, it's a part of the foundation of these organizations but people would hone in on one thing similar yeah. to like or the piercings where it was like no but you do this so therefore yeah. that is everything else yeah yeah Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's also, I think it's also good to note that when you, as we are looking at some of the things like wearing pants and lipstick and all that stuff, they're pointing to certain scripture references, right? So they're pointing to the scripture where it says like, um, it's actually in First Corinthians, just in case somebody wants to look it up. First uh, Corinthians 13, and it talks about how women are supposed to be silent in the church. Um, and how women are supposed to be submissive and only speak um, to their husbands and not speak out in um, service because it's dishonorable. Or they're looking at how it also says that women are supposed to have head coverings. Like there are scriptures that a lot of these churches are using to point out how women are supposed to behave in the church, but what they don't take into consideration is the context in which the scriptures are written in. Like they they read one, two, and then stop. They don't read before, right, they don't right. read after. Yes, 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 and yes. so like you have to look at the context of why those scriptures was written what was Paul talking about? You know, what were these writers talking about? Um and then like doing some basic research and then I think you would see that like Paul talked about how women were praying and prophesying. So he wasn't just saying you got to be silent. Like you have to read the context of that scripture. And I think that's what some of these churches do to kind of, I hate to say it. I'm probably going to get some, um, some bad emails from this, but this is what they use to control people. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they, they use these kind of fearful tactics. Like what, me wearing red lipstick is saying that I'm somehow an impure woman. I'm somehow fast. I'm somehow, you know, this kind of Jezebel figure. But like that doesn't talk about anything else about who I am. You're really just referring to my lipstick. But if that's the one message that you can use to control me, then that's what you're gonna do. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I think um in the Clark Sisters movie they do talk about how like some of the uh, lines kept saying, well, mama, I just got to get away from you because you are controlling. So I do think that sometimes we teach control as a way of um, protection or as a way of, um, I don't know, keeping you from the world or keeping you from danger or harm. But I mean, I I think God is love, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think had had they understood at the time how much that they were, how much their mother loved them, I'm not necessarily sure if 
they would have made some of the decisions that they made. So, like, everybody's controversial thing is, like, Denise, right? Because she was so right. rebellious. She didn't want to do it. She wanted to live her own life. She had all these kids. Um, But at the same time, yeah, honey, yeah, was, when she, yeah. when she stood Lord. up at that fume and said, I got, I said, Seven. <laughs> right. This yeah. Where the world did they come from? Good lord. And they were, but why was they standing like a choir? I'm trying to tell you from <laughs> Solace the Shortest had them in line. Now they were obedient. Now they were obedient. <laughs> Whatever she said, well, they were listening. They were listening. They were sitting. I said, seven. Okay, I, I couldn't even, I had to watch it again, Melvin, because yeah. after she said seven, I didn't hear anything else that she said. Yep. I just was going, seven? Yep, I was stuck. I was stuck <laughs> on that, and they was up there. I, I, I would have loved to see the original funeral. Like, I I, 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 I wish up, I was Melvin. there. You can see it. It's up. Oh, I'm I'm going. I'm searching for it. I am searching for it's that. Up. Soon as we get done, I'm looking for that. <laughs> it is up. The, let me tell you something. Black Twitter has started investigating. They done contacted yeah. Twinkie husband and said, "Did you really push Maddie Moss?" <laughs> Y'all, he did not answer. <laughs> the brother didn't answer. He did not answer. Oh man! Oh my goodness! I said, I said that might be. I said that might be why they put it in the movie. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but he really pushed their mama. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now, Janiqua, do you think that um yeah. sometimes I feel that the okay so. It's like you said with the control and uh, really of coming from a place of protection that sometimes you can parent out of fear. And so for fear of, oh, yeah. you know, really, you know, stepping into some, so, so something she couldn't get herself out of that one, you were, you were trying to control cause you didn't want her to make such a, such a drastic mistake in life. So if she started using drugs or she got with the wrong guy who, would abuse her like the bishop was abusing um Maddie. Like she was, she was sometimes doing it out of mm-hmm. a fear that you would do something wrong. That I'm, I'm technically trying yeah. to hold tighter. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's what she was doing, but it wasn't working. And like she said, she didn't know no other way. Her mama was a a bishop in the holiness church, so all she knew was church. All she knew was music. Um, that's what she knew. And I think to see and to watch her her daughters at some points in time making these bad decisions, I think the daughters that, like Twinkie, that she held on to, she held on to them even tighter. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did. And That's I mean, y'all are parents, but y'all understand. Yeah, she didn't want to let Twinkie go. And I mean, and I think the, the sad part for the kids is that Mama be right most of the time. So, <laughs> Mama was right yep. about John, honey. <laughs> right, right. She was. But, no, now, Mama was right about John. With, uh, there's a part that, well, let me ask you this first. Two, I'm going to ask you two things. Because I know, um, when my, well, I don't know why my mic does this delayed thing. That's how, you, you know what? I think Melvin set, set me up. Because he told me to switch laptops. So, I blame him, Melvin Jordan. Um, <laughs> My first, my first question is: Is there a difference between holiness and Kojic 
And then the, the second question is, what what was the big thing about the phrase, obedience is better than sacrifice? Oh, man. So obedience is better than sacrifice. I'll start with that one because that one might be easier. Okay. So it's, easy, it's easier to listen than to do your own thing is basically what she was saying. So if you listen to me, it's going to work out. But if you're going to sacrifice listening and just do what you want to do, like there's going to be consequences for it. It's going to be harder for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh. Um, mm. and, and a lot of um, holiness and culture churches, they use that when they're talking about a couple of things. Mm, I'm going to say something again that work for their behalf like uh tithing and offering you know like if you don't tithe your finances is gonna be um cursed uh, mm-hmm. so you need to be obedient to the lord mm-hmm. and give your 450 dollars seed <clears throat> um it's also used uh-huh yes ma'am oh you haven't <laughs> seen a 500 dollar line no, <laughs> no. Oh my God. Okay. So of course, I think we're getting out of it, but the last, I would say at least 10 years or so, we have been in this prosperity gospel movement where like your relationship and your blessings are tied to your giving and your tithing. So like I've been in churches where they've been like, they do, they start high. So it's been like a thousand dollar line. Then it's a $500 line. Then it's a hundred dollar line. Then there's a fifty dollar line. Then there's a twenty dollar line. And usually they stop at twenty, but some churches, you know, they go to a ten dollar line. Yeah, I have and to then go people to line, line up that's lower than that because that y'all still too high. <laughs> <laughs> what that two dollar line, the five dollar line? I ain't looking for the VIP treatment. I just want to slide on in. <laughs> Man, yeah. so you VIP VIP heaven. You just want to be in heaven. You ain't got to give me a section. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure I'm up there with y'all yeah I've never been in a thousand dollar line uh, I guess the Lord just hasn't moved on my behalf yet Um. so uh, yeah so like you were standing these lines <laughs> you were standing these lines honey and oh it's a real line lessons. yeah oh my goodness yeah, or oh, like they'll say, man. like all of my five hundred dollar givers line up first. All of my hundred dollar givers line up second, and then like you get, you can get a special prayer once you put your money in there. I've seen in some churches they prophesy to you after after you put your money in the basket, like this whole it's a it's called the prosperity gospel movement where your giving and your tithing is connected to your blessings, and so. You know, the theory, I guess, is that as much as you give, you also receive. And if the Lord places a figure, a number in your heart, it's better to be obedient and to sacrifice that seed than to not be obedient and sacrifice your blessing. So everybody know what line you in. Like, they see you going into That's the my problem. Everybody $10, know $10, $20 line. Y'all ain't never seen no line. So y'all go to a classic church. So y'all don't have that kind of problem. Right. <laughs> we don't have that. Right. Good gracious in life. You don't even know what I'm putting in. It's okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, this Sunday is just the envelope. I just wrote on it. That's all. It's actually nothing in here. <laughs> Some Sundays they just be changed, just jiggling in right. the envelope. <laughs> I don't even put my name on the envelope. That's it. That's it. Man. But 
so yeah, so a lot of a lot of times I've seen churches use obedience is better than sacrifice as a way to say, listen, you should listen to what I'm saying because right. if you don't listen and do something else, like then there is a negative consequence for you. Wow. So, um, to answer your other question, so there is a difference between holiness and the church of God in Christ. It mainly, um, I think the main differences are going to be around theology. So how they view the Trinity. I know some holiness churches are like holiness and apostolic. And this might be a little of getting too dense, but that they don't believe in the Trinity. They believe in something that's called oneness, which um, they don't see God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit um, as three different entities, but three in one. They see God the Father as one and the Holy Spirit as a gift and Jesus as a prophet. Okay, all right. So it has to do with like theological understandings and differences. Also, the structures of the churches are different. So some of them have deacons, some of them have mothers, like you can be uh, anointed or appointed as like mother. So you would be like mother dupes. And, mm. and as a, as being Mother Duke, your role in the church is to almost like be a missionary. Um, some of them, mm. I mean, how they're set up, some of them have bishops, elders, deacons, some of them don't. Um, I know for the culture church, I don't think, now I could be wrong, but like, I don't think women can be like bishops and pastors in the church of God in Christ. Okay. So they okay. can be evangelists. Uh, uh oh, you got questions? I hear y'all. No, uh, yeah, I was, I yeah, no, no I was agreeing. Oh, <clears throat> let me. Um, so some of them, so women can't be like in leadership, but they can like preach, they can sing, they can teach, but they may not be able to pastor. Um, holiness churches are similar, but women can hold like major leadership roles, like um Dr. Maddie Moss Clark mother did, like she was a bishop. Um, but I don't think there are any female bishops in the Koja church, which is why the scene in the Clark sisters, once they had went to the Grammys and the ripple effect of Dr. Moss, uh, Maddie Moss Clark going to the Grammys, she had to sit in that room full of men, the bishops. Did y'all see that part? I didn't yeah. See that part. Yeah. Okay. So after the Grammys, when they did the performance and they were nominated for a Grammy, she comes back and they pretty much try to sit her down, which is another phrase we use in the church. So if you get set down, that means you are no longer in the position that you are in. So she held the position, I believe she was like over the like musical department of the Church of God in Christ, which means like she was over making sure that people could sing, which the Kojic Church, if y'all have ever been to a Kojic Church, they can sing. Flat out <laughs> sing. I've never been to a culture church who can't sing. Right. And I mean, they probably mm-hmm. can accredit that to the teachings of Dr. Maddie Moss Clark <clears throat> because choral music has always been important. Absolutely. So they brought her to the bishop's round table and tried to sit her down for being on the Grammys. <clears throat> and as you can see, after that, she never sang with her girls again. And I think that scene broke my heart the most. Because they took away what they knew she was destined to do. 
So they knew the Clark sisters were going to be great because these girls could sing, they could play instruments, they could teach music, they had perfect pitch and all of these things. But and and they learned that from their mother, and they had her doing that throughout the nation with teaching other churches. But as she gets to like another platform, they're like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's a no. Yeah, you're doing too mm. much now. Bring it on back. You're doing yeah. too much. Right. So I'm I'm sorry if I didn't answer the question. But they're pretty much the fundamental differences is there are their theologies, um, how they look at the Trinity, and then the structures of how the churches operate and how the churches run. So like Church of God in Christ is a whole umbrella affiliation. So if you are a Church of God in Christ, then you operate under their jurisdiction. Um, I have seen holiness churches that are not under the holiness umbrella. So very similar, like a United Methodist is an umbrella, Catholic Church is an umbrella, Baptist Church is an umbrella, um, uh, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Church of God in Christ. They're all these like major mainline kind of denominations. Um, but holiness they can kind of pop up as like a non-denominational kind of church with like no umbrella affiliation. Mm, okay. That just, okay. Makes sense. That, just, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Now, this the <laughs> other flip side of um of I guess you could say everybody has their own, you know, denomination or whatever church you go to is that the certain scenes resonate, I think, especially in southern church culture with black folk. And for me, mm-hmm. it was like, when you look at this, and I think back onto my educational experience, I'm very thankful that I was heavy in the church because I formed really strong friendships, but also I was able to navigate some of the pressures of like middle school, high school life by being able to discuss those yeah. things at Bible or at the youth revival, youth conferences, because we always go into those different things. But it was crazy because Melvin and I were saying, mm-hmm. growing as a church kid, quote unquote, in a secular world is challenging <laughs> because it made me think about Mel. Okay. So Mel every summer is to go to one music fest. It is a huge summer festival, all these different artists, different people coming. And I remember, I think it was like two years ago, we were telling you and Sean, like y'all should come, blah, blah, blah. And you looked at the list of people and was like, oh yeah. no, it's Brandy. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, I love me some brandy. <laughs> Sitting up in my room. <laughs> but, but this is oh, you know, I told Melvin, I said, it made sense to me as to why you knew about brandy because I remember growing up, brandy's mom was very in the forefront of her career, right? So our parents knew mm-hmm. brandy crop top she couldn't dance a certain way she couldn't sing about sex she was only gonna sing like kind of like for love and so my mom was like oh okay you can listen to brandy her mama said (laughs) that she got she's going to do more uh appropriate music but in late night in your room if you're listening to the uncensored version of trick daddy and trina that's not something as the church kids you should be doing honey no ma'am my mom ain't play that i remember what (laughs) Y'all, I wanted this Queen Latifah unit, U-N-I-T-Y, right? <laughs> so I asked for it for my birthday, right? So my mom was like, okay, Janiqua, you know, you really want this Queen Latifah album. You know, I love, I'm loving all her African print. You know, let me, let me go check it out. My mama heard that. She said, the devil is a liar. 
<laughs> it's over with. It's a no go. <laughs> no, ma'am. Not in my house. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the Queen Lord? Latifah in this music is not serving the Lord. <laughs> I mean, like, so like my my musical taste is really formed out of the church, which is why I love the Clark sisters. I love Karen Clark Shear. But their influence on music beyond gospel has also influenced like the, all the some of the other music I listen to, like a Jill Scott or a Jasmine Sullivan, like those riffs and runs, the hoarseness of the voice, um, like all of those things were really kind of born out of the Clark sisters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my mama didn't play that. Oh, I remember I, I snuck and bought that Eve CD. Child, I thought I was never going to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> not E-V-E. Uh-uh. Yo. Oh, no. Uh-uh. That was a good yes. My mama was like, what? Mm-mm-mm. It was. Sharon, it was. But I think I only listened to it twice because it got busted. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it away. <laughs> oh, man. I said, well. You know what? Okay, wait, wait, wait. This made me think of something. This made me think of something. We were riding in the car the other day, and um, I think Whoop There It Is came on. So Melvin told this story about him having the cassette version of Whoop There It Is. So Melvin, if you could tell um, you having the cassette version and how that tied into you and your mother. Well, um, <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to talk about this. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, growing up, I was the same way as far as music and being able to listen to music and not being able to listen to music. Um, you know, we, we couldn't watch BET, we couldn't watch MTV, we couldn't watch none of that. Uh, whenever we got in the car, it was always on the AM station, not even FM. We didn't listen to no FM station. Cause, you know, the AM station, they pretty much had <laughs> they pretty much had the news and and the uh the gospel cha- the gospel channel. So that's all we knew growing up. But some kind of way, I got a hold of whoop there it is, the cassette tape. It was uh, on each side of the tape, the, the the actual song and then the instrumental version. And I knew that song from front to back, top to bottom, everything, because that was the first piece of music I had that wasn't gospel. <laughs> and where I got that tape from, I have absolutely no idea. But for some reason, I think my mama heard me listening to the song and of course, she like, I ain't never heard this before. It sounds like some rap. I'm gonna listen to it. So she ended up listening to it, liking the song, and she ended up letting me keep the uh keep the tape. Well, let me tell See, you. I how... told you your mama was nice. Whatever. Let me tell you how she did <laughs> use this song in her classroom. So she had uh, you know, she taught math for so many different years or whatever. She had an Asian dude in her class, and he was the last person on the list. So on, on the uh, attendant on the roster. So when she called an attendant, she would go like this, woo, and then she he would say here, and she would say there it is. So so the, the, the end of the attendance was go woo here there it is. All right, let's get started with class. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah. Now that's the only, that's one of the only now the two musical shows we could watch is Bobby Jones Gospel and um in Augusta we had Parade, Parade Quartet and Parade Quartet came on Sunday, Sunday mornings and like Sunday evenings or something like that. 
So them were the only two musical shows we could watch. Bobby Jones Gospel and Parade of Cortez. That's it. If it was anything else, I didn't start watching that until probably about eighth grade when I started sneaking and watching it. And then, of course, uh, high school or when I went to my grandma's house, when I went to my grandma's house, my cousins, they could watch and listen to whatever they wanted to. So that's the only time I got my little fix of listening to secular <laughs> music. <laughs> that's it. Uh-uh. My mom and dad weren't playing it either. Not at all. Man, my... My fix in my family was when I was able to go to New York and my um my aunt would be like, let's listen to some jazz. And I was like, oh, okay. Jazz. And then what made it worse was because I played the saxophone. And so they were like, oh, can you play this? Like I think my first Kenny G book that I got was probably from my aunt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all, I'm so glad this is not live and y'all can see my face because I'm in the- <laughs> I, I, And this is why I started growing up in church kid. Oh, <laughs> Kenny G, that was your thing. <laughs> Wow. Kenny G, honey. Kenny G. But once I got, once I was in middle school, like, you know, your friends would sneak and let you listen to stuff. But by that time, it had been ingrained in me, like, don't listen to this girl. Don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And then my mom, so my mom like, would pop up in my school. So I, I was scared. Right. That's what I'm about to say. Were you that friend that was like, no, 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 no. We can't. No. Like, turn it off. Mm-mm. And then, like, when I went through a rebellious stage at home with my mom, like, just having a bad attitude, my mom put me in a community college called the FB Weaver. And then all of my friends became more church girls. <laughs> <laughs> became more church people, more church girls. And then my weekends from, from middle school through, like, most of my high school were on, were traveling to different churches, singing in the choir. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. Yeah. It was a so, lot. Like you think about it. I mean, the weekends were taken up at the church. I was out to. I was the rental. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, ma'am. But I will say there is one thing that I would like to say though. I think so. Even though, like, some of it is like could be seen as as tragic and as tragedy i think that it's one of the things that i see that's missing with this generation like all of that training that took place in the church is just not there anymore like the first time i was leading the choir and directing the choir and developing leadership skills was in the church teaching the kids music you know my first experience in with teaching and helping with curriculum development was when I decided we was having children's church because we wasn't going to be in the main sanctuary anymore. Um, You know, a lot like Twinkie, her first experience with like playing and music was in the church. And like, she's influenced people like Snoop Dogg, Corey Henry, like all of these great, amazing artists. Um, But her skills were, she was trained in the church and we just don't see that training taking place as much as it used to. Um, 
So even though it's it's a little scary and it can be a little controlling and you do miss out on some of these other things, there are there are really some really great opportunities that happens in the church. And the church really does take time to teach young people or give young people space to like learn and perfect their skills. So like if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the church, like the Clark sisters wouldn't be. Yes. Yes. Now that's very yes. true. That's very true. And, that, and those, I think those are the things that I miss, um, even looking at my home church now, that I wish they had more um, going on in this area is the best way to say it. Like we were at church all the time, but we were calling each other to make sure we were coming. You gonna come? Okay, I'm gonna be there because we were always together. Yeah. And, doing and by the time we came along, I thought, I believe that my church was doing a good balance of both. It wasn't always, it wasn't mm-hmm. Um, controlling it was we're giving these kids a space to have fun and not feel like they're missing out on life like like denise felt denise felt like i'm missing out on everything our church yeah we're going to, we're going to yeah. water parks do fun things we, we just gonna hang out um and like Melvin and i said you you knew when it's time for the church lock-ins like we're gonna go to a lock-in and lock y'all in the church but we we had fun we didn't we never right. about it i want to go yeah and i mean even and you know what i think some of it is we can also equate it to growth right like the pastor that i had um experienced some of like the more controlling things like has now come back and say i i apologize like i didn't know any better but like i'm doing better by my congregation now and so Mm -hmm. i think that like levels of growth in people have to be acknowledged like maddie moss even towards the end of the movie when she was talking to jackie and bought jackie the pair of pants yeah right right you know she even said like you know she said i i did the best that i could with what i had and like that has to be acknowledged like she was at a place where she grew to understand that some of her ways of pushing her girls may have pushed them too far But, like, her ability to acknowledge that, I think if her girls would have stuck around, and maybe they did, like, they would have been able to see that growth and maybe even grown from it themselves. Yeah, that is a huge, huge part. That is a huge part. We talk about this sometimes as parents. You know, our parents were never going to apologize for something. If if you did something wrong, if they thought you did something wrong, (laughs) oh, it wasn't your fault, they'd be like, well, you're going to do something eventually. Well, I just... And it's now it's, yeah. it's learning. Yeah. You, know you was thinking about doing take away yep. from being a parent. I'm just, I'm just showing that well, I, I probably owe you for something anyway, so don't even worry about it. Ooh, say that, say that. That was my daddy. <laughs> That's still my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, coach, coach. Now, coach, why don't play no games, honey? I'm trying to play with nobody. Listen, he used to call my music jungle music. I don't know what that means to this day. <laughs> Like the jump, why jungle? Out of all the things, the jungle, like that's where we at. I don't know. I get maybe he knew about Wakanda. I don't know. Oh man. Oh man. Anyways, now how was your mom, Sharon? How was she? Oh, how was she? What? Like growing up? Yeah. Um, my my mom. Okay, so I would say she definitely made sure I was at church and. Choir rehearsal, um, whatever volunteer stuff we had, always went to Bible study. Um, my parents were a little bit more lenient with Sunday school because being that I was at a private school, I already took religion classes. And the other thing was that I was that rebellious kid that was like, well, at Catholic school, they said 
that I can do the seven sacraments. <laughs> and so I get the right. Bible and they looking like Sharon is challenging everything we say. <laughs> Same. But on the on the other side, my mother, it was less about church and more about uh womanhood. So her thing was do are you dressed mm. appropriately um pulled together? Never I never felt like she was looking at me in a way, oh, well, you look like a, a, what they call them, a night walker, but that you look appropriate, that she was one of those, do you have a slip on so I can't see through your dress? Not necessarily, mm-hmm. or if it's too tight, it's too tight because it just, it's not flattering on you. Not necessarily, I feel like you out there being a heathen, but that's just not the most flattering appearance. So my mother is very prim and proper. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Because Melvin, Melvin act like that with, um, with Shayla. Can't play that. Yeah. No, say that. Oh. Oh, he's woo, he's a daddy <laughs> when it comes to that. He's doggone right. And that's how it's gonna stay too. <laughs> okay, that's what he think. I can't wait to buy 15, 16 hit. We're gonna sit back and watch. Listen, never gonna be sitting in the corner crying. All right. She's gonna be right there with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yo, no, she not. Be a problem. Oh, all right, Mr. 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 that's Mr. Maddie Moss Clark right now. <laughs> <laughs> like no games, none, none. Oh, good. oh goodness! But yeah, so Janique, thank you. Like we definitely can. There, there are several other pockets of this we can go into. So we're gonna have to have you come back to the podcast one day and share and um. You give us some more of your funny stories. <laughs> it has been my pleasure. I love you both. Thank y'all so much for including me. And um, thank keep you guys for fun. coming. And we love you too, absolutely. <clears throat> yes, y'all make sure y'all um check out the uh Instagram page at After School Talk. Also, go to the right effect that's T H E R I T E E F F E C T dot com and subscribe. And give us five stars, like, share, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you later during this quarantine time. Later. Peace.